the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon. It's Pastor Joe Sutton uh, from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis. You know, it's, it's summertime and we know how church attendance tends to fall off in the summertime as we're, we're running around enjoying things. I, I just think of, uh, you know, you know, visiting family and, and, and doing certain things like that. And, and it gets closer and closer to the fall. You know, just think about it, man. It's, it's August. You know I mean? It's, it's summer to me is, has flown by very quickly. You know what I mean? And to doing that, we have two weeks left in our summer program. Uh, we've gotten to know these kids pretty well. Um, you know, probably one of the highlights of the last two summers is we partnered with uh, a shelter and the kids usually sit up in the shelter all day long with nothing to do. They, they you know, they the shelter is not designed to be a, a, a youth service organization. They're just designed to hold families so they can find permanent housing. And so we've come in and and, uh, and, and taken those kids on field trips and they've come and bought our program. And man, they, they look anxious for that van to pull up to jump in there and and get a ride in because, you know, it gets them away. It gets them out out that little bitty room away from their parents, you know, and they get to be around other kids and have a good time. And I, I just want to give a shout-out to the Yellow Farm. Now, the Yellow Farm is uh, is run by Kelly McGuire. Uh, and uh, Kelly's out there in the middle of – she's halfway between country western and hip-hop. Kelly, Kelly is, uh, oh man, I met her dad, great family. The McGuire family is a great family. Dad has been like a dad to me, you know, uh, give me that hard word, look, kick in the rear end every now and then when I need it, you know, especially when it comes to, um, you know, uh, fundraising and the administrative side of, uh, of ministries. He just helped me out a, a, a ton over the years, man. I just can't even describe it. And his son, Mike and his wife, they've been a blessing. And Kelly, I met, Last year, I've always heard about her. She runs, uh, uh, she has a horse farm. Yellow Farm is a horse farm. But what she does is she does therapy through horses. So kids dealing with, uh, you know, they could be dealing with a disease or trauma, loss, anything like that. She uses horses to get to them, to minister to them, to bring them back, right? And I had heard about places like that, and and really, I was like, man, don't nobody suffer as much trauma as as kids in an urban context, you know. Uh, in, the, in the studio to have with me today, I have a friend of mine. He's not he, he ain't gonna get on the mic, but you know, he's definitely a poster child for trauma. You know, what I mean, he. <laughs> uh, I have I have Dwight Anthony in there with me. You'll hear him giggling in the background as as it goes back and forth. 
But you know, you know, you know, you know, raised in New Orleans and then moving to D.C. and living in Chicago, he understands that urban thing. And he's a you know Vietnam vet, decorated. You know, I I saw his uh, his uh, Marine Corps uniform, and man, he has so many rolls of citations on that mug. I was wondering if I could take it to the pawn shop. You know, that's the first thing <laughs> came past my urban mind. <laughs> What is this purple heart worth on the free market? You know what I mean. <laughs> and uh, but but you know he was talking because in the course of his time serving in Nam and different things that he's done with the military, you know you you hear about this thing called post traumatic stress disorder that that uh, that people suffer. And the thing about it is is that this this one social scientist said that probably seventy five percent of the kids in the urban context have PTSD, and I know that's true for me. You know I, I know I have it. You know what I mean? You know, my wife sometimes, you know, she wonders about me, how I can go from nice and huggy to to inflamed and rage crazy, man, and a little bit of no time and, and just the level of paranoia that I go through. I say, you just don't know what I went through, you know, uh, growing up and in the context in which I had to grow up in this thing. And uh, and so, you know, and when I look at kids who who gone through, I was telling Kelly that I would like to get my kids out to the Yellow Farm, you know, because of some of the trauma that they've experienced. Now, you know, now let me just tell you about ironic, right? Just ironic, right? So, so, and you've heard me share this story before if you've been around me long, but, you know, we went down to Gatlinburg, right? We're doing the, we're, we're doing the, the family thing. We go to Gatlinburg, right? And Gatlinburg, Tennessee is like a little haven, resort haven up in the, up in the mountains of Tennessee, you know, Dolly Partonville, you, you know, you got Dolly Parton, everybody out there and just a nice family friendly place to go to, Right. And uh, and so, you know, we never do anything alone. So we 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 take uh, my my uh, my wife brought her great nieces along and then uh, we brought another friend along. And then my my in, my brother in law, sister in law came with their child and they brought another friend and family along. So we just making this family external family trip and we just had a great time up there. And so we're driving back and my, I called my mother because I got to drive through Chicago and I said, Mom. We're leaving here. We're on our way home. And all my, my daughters and, and sons, that's, that's the best trip we ever had. Uh, you know, and I was really, that's when I first started getting sick with my kidneys shutting down. I started swelling up a little bit there. I didn't walk up the mountain with them. I stayed on the bottom of the mountain. And uh, and so we, we get there, and, and my mother said, well, I'm cooking some some spaghetti and some fish, frying some fish. I said, oh, Lord, man, my foot went down to 80. I'm going to get there in time to get me a, you know, get a meal because everybody loved grandma cooking, so it was like it's on. So we get there. Now, we know once we eat, we are not driving to Minneapolis, right? We, we as I already said, we're leaving 10 o'clock in the morning because, you know, we know she's going to throw down breakfast too. So we'll hit on the road 10 o'clock in the morning and get, you know, this, this is a Saturday before Easter. We need to get back, you know, preaching and everything like that. And so I can hardly sleep because what my body's going through. And um and so I hear voices outside. And and my mother lives in Inglewood. My mother lives in the hood. You know, that what they call Chirac. She lives in the hood, you know what I mean? You know, you know, you going back, I remember growing up there in the sixties and seventies, man, and that, that little bitty neighborhood would average two to three hundred murders by itself. Two miles square, two miles to the east, to the west, just two mile block, and it averaged two to three hundred murders, sometimes four hundred murders. Just itself. It, you, usually almost half the murders in Chicago are committed in Inglewood. You know what I mean? That's the kind of neighborhood I grew up in. So you got 365 days, 200 and some murders almost every day. There's a body in the neighborhood somewhere that you can see getting picked up. And uh, and so 
we're there and I hear these voices outside and I'm thinking it's just people, you know, you know, at the night of smoking crack, they're about to go back, you know, you they about they they looking on the ground hoping to find something lucky and get out there. But I said, Oh, those voices sound white. So I got up and looked out the door and I saw SW on the vest. And I knew what it was. It was SWAT. Right? And I said, Why they in my mama yard, right? They about to raid my mama house, right? So I unlocked the doors. Cause I know they're gonna they gonna bust the doors now. I don't want to mess up my mom's door. So they saw me coming out from the door. They thought I was going to the door. They said, "Step away from the door now, right?" But I had already unlocked the doors, and they hear the guy say, "Oh, the door open." So they hit, but they had to hit it anyway with their little toy. Put a dent in the door. Came in, throwing shot grenades, throwing smoke grenades up in there. These guys come. There had to be about twenty guys coming through there with M16s, 14s. Just hit. They hit all three doors at the same time. Came in, started zip tying all of us, handcuffing us up, uh, putting the guns and rifles in my kids' face, rounding them up into the front. You know, so I got my nieces, my nephews, and everything like this. My mother is panicking; she don't know what to do. Somebody had gave they they basically somebody gave some bad information, right, right. and they they were about to tear my mother's house up. I mean, that was a traumatic event. They left my wife handcuffed, forgot to take her zips off, and uh, <laughs> we had to get a butcher knife to cut her free. Uh, it just was an experience for us. Well, that summer, we bring in somebody for the Minneapolis Gang Task Force to share his career with our kids. And and the kids kept asking him questions about raids. And so the guy was like, y'all asking me a lot of questions about raids. How many of y'all have been in a raid before? And 75% of the kids in 3D that day raised their hands that they had been in a raid. And he said, this is ridiculous. And he was a Christian police officer. He said, this is ridiculous. Because that's one of the most traumatizing things that you can go through. You know what I mean? And he said, and, and and he said, these kids need help. And so that's when I, I hooked up with the Yellow Farm and with Kelly at the Yellow Farm. And, man, I'm going to tell you this. If you got a group, a small group, give Kelly a call. I mean, she got a heart of gold. I mean, she does, she does, she don't charge anything. I mean, she just, I mean, oh, my goodness. That's been the best trip for us the last two years. You know, because those kids have to, Trying not to cry, but those kids have to scoop all the poop. And horse poop is not little. So they got to scoop all the poop up out of the clean the stall, spread down, lay new hay, brush the horses, lead the horses. They got to care for the horse. They do all that before they ride the horse. You know what I mean? But to see those kids, some of them smart mouth, I want to choke you kids, now become loving and nurturing and realize if they want to have a good relationship with this horse and don't want to get thrown off that saddle, they better treat this horse good on the front end. And, 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 and they just sharing and loving and taking care. My grandkids can name every horse on that farm. And they, and they were there a year ago and just a matter of hours, they fell in love with those horses and every kid knows their name, knows their personalities and going in there and, and teaching them how to nurture, yeah. teach them how to care for. You know, that's like one of our problems we have. People like want to hike somebody get shot. Easy, you pull the trigger. Right. You know what I mean? But if I feel there's some self worth in you, if I feel it's my job to nurture you and bring you along, I won't pull the trigger. I might hit you with the gun, but I ain't gonna pull the trigger. Right. You know what I mean? The thing that we we want to see peace in our neighborhoods and peace in our families is we got to learn how to care for one another. We had to learn how to, we had to learn how to clean up each other's poop, 
You know what I mean? You know, I mean, we, we, and, and, and so if I'm keeping my child away from those issues, the, 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 the other side of life, there's a nurturing part that has to happen. It's just not all you buy me what I want, feed me what I want. There's also things that, you know, yeah, mom got need, dad got need. Moms just need a hug and a kiss. Dads just need you to do what I say. You know what I mean? <laughs> you do what I say, man. I'm the happiest dad in the whole wide world. You know what I mean? Mom, she wants some affection. You know what I mean? She wants, but if we don't teach them that it's a reciprocal relationship, you got to give some to get some. Then don't get mad at them when they're always asking and never giving. If we never showed them how to give. And, and our experience at the Yellow Farm, and I don't talk about the Yellow Farm a long time, but our experience at Yellow Farm has been a positive experience in getting that point. And, and it helps kids to understand that even when they get kids of their own, their nurturing is far more important than dressing. You know, I, I, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, man, and I never felt tempted. I, I want to take a kid on a retreat, track trip, anywhere, and I tell a parent, I, I need $30 for the treat. Uh, this, you know, to California. Now, now we're gonna take, we're gonna fly your kid to California, put him up in a in a three star hotel, feed him meals, three meals a day, right? Take him everywhere they need to go, do everything for him, and we just ask you to give us two hundred and fifty dollars. And I have to tell you that it's always somebody said they can't afford the two hundred fifty dollars, <laughs> right? They just can't afford two hundred fifty, or that just seems like too much. Right. I said that ain't even covering food. I'm gonna spend on your child. You know what I mean? I'm going to spend $18 a day on your child eating. You know what I mean? You know, and, and that's my budget, $18 a day for your child. And, and, you know, going through there. And that's with a free hotel meal. You know, and, and they go there. But then when they show up for the trip, they got on new Jordans, pocket full of cash, bag full of snacks. I thought you didn't have no money. You know what I mean? So, and, and so that... <laughs> So that my heart don't get hard, right? You know, that my post-traumatic stress disorder don't come out. You know what I mean? You know, I, I've learned over the years that it's going to happen, right? It, it, it's it's, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? I have to be prepared for it. But but the thing about it is, is that do we teach that there's something that goes back? This one little boy gave gave us a, a, a letter. He, he did a little card. He did a little card telling us he appreciate us, you know, Investing in him and taking him on his trip, and, oh. and, and you know, silver and gold he didn't have, right. but he had the time to take his crayons. At eleven years old, and draw us up a pretty card and say thank you for providing us with this experience. Go back to yeah, and, and and so you go and say like, wow, you know what I mean, yeah. you know. But just like in Jesus' day. There's gonna be one out of every ten that can say thank you. <laughs> they come back and say thank you, and you're not doing it for the thank you. You're doing it because God told you to do it, and God told you to do it, and you, you're doing it to get there. But man, what we have to understand is the trauma that's in some people's life, the anger, and the anger. Man, I had so much anger in me as a young man. Oh my goodness, man! You, I mean, and and no, I. I have to be careful what I even say, but it's it's like I went through some things that no one could help me out of that everybody else went through. You know, I went through things with trying to, you know, cats trying to rape me. You know, it was normal in the neighborhood. If you was weak, you got raped. If you were strong, you raped. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> and uh, and and so you 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 you're in this. 
this this thing and, and the anger that builds up inside of you and the and the emotions you get jumped, you get stuff taken from you, and, and it, it it builds up, and, and and then you come in saying peace, peace, and it's hard to grasp that peace, peace, but oh, there is a way, and we're gonna talk about that after the break. There is a way, and I'm telling you, if you do a ministry in that context, you will know and understand that it is only by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing governmental, nothing psychological. Gonna come in here and break some of these strongholds Satan has set up. So when we come back after the break, we're gonna talk about breaking those strongholds. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. If you could make a million sales calls in 12 days would it increase your business come along with the mission to the minnesota state fair we'll get your products and services in front of the multitudes that visit our booth minnesotans love the state fair food the fun and learning new ways to make their lives better so tell them about your business and see what happens call our sales manager mike murphy to find out how to get in front of the crowd for as little as 500 dollars. call 651-289-4418 that's 651-289-4418 Welcome back to Isaiah 61, Radio Ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis. Uh, you know, you're always welcome. In the summertime, we suspend uh, Bible study, and we try to do we try to put Bible study to work. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to learn how to be patient with that because, uh, you know, we've been we in Bible study all year. So in the summertime on Fridays, we do a community meal. And, uh, and so we invite the community out, enjoy a meal with us. And uh, if they need prayer, we pray. Uh, but basically, we just allow our members to build relationships with people in the community, share with them. A lot of kids come by because we're right across the street from a playground. They see they, they're thirsty from playing, so they want something to drink, and they see food. They go wild. And so it just gives us the time to connect, let them know that, that we're human. We're not some strange cult up in this building, <laughs> that they can actually know the people there, get to know the pastor, get to know other people there. And uh, it, it's worked out for us. You know, not everyone... I'll be honest, I wish more people in our church would come out, you know, but we do have a steady group that does come out and uh and and, and volunteers. But you know, it's it's the that we have to understand. So my prayer is, is that not just my church, but even at your church, that we would understand that that our, our the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And and we're not talking no backbreaking labor, just carrying that cross. You know, you know, in this case, you know, you just sitting outside and serving somebody a plate, bringing it to them, bring, you know, refilling their cup, you know, asking them that what life has in store for them, plans, and just getting to know them so that, you know, you can just be on a first-name basis. So uh, we do that for a couple hours every Friday, and uh, I think we have uh, two more Fridays left. Wait, yeah, because we have a banquet one Friday, so we won't be doing it. And then we're going to wrap up with revival. We're going to have revival out there. And we're going to do one night outside uh, in front of the church, a revival outside, and then the others 
inside and just to get ourselves ready for, for what for what God is wanting to do in our lives. You know, I was talking about, you know, before we hit the, the, the break that that uh but the trauma that a lot of times you suffer and you know, growing up in within the urban context. Now I don't want to leave the suburbs out either. Now. And the suburbs got some drama too. You know what I mean? You know, that the, the stress comes in a different form. Uh, family relationships. You may not be as stressed out about someone in the neighborhood coming at you, but you know we're seeing more and more. You know, uh, stress takes on a different form. You know, with in this wired internet generation, we're starting to see people getting stressed out about what people are saying about them over the internet. You know what I mean? You know, last time I checked, my internet didn't talk. Uh, if you say bad about me on the internet, I'm not reading it. I don't, why do you read it? You know what I mean? I, why do you feel you have to read it? You know what I mean? I, I, but I, why, why, I don't have that problem in my household because my kids don't have a cell phone. They can't get a cell phone until they leave. So I, I don't have to deal with cyberbullying or nothing like that because we, we ain't nothing to cyberbully because I don't let them on the internet. But, but you know, if someone's saying something negative, why am I going to read something negative about myself? I'm just going to delete it right away. You know what I mean? And then, and then I'm not going to get so depressed that 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 I hurt me, you know that I that I I I hurt myself. Commit suicide. I do something because the way people are treating me. I'm urban. I grew up urban. This is what my mama told me. They do something to you, you go knock them out, right? So you say something bad about me, yo. Don't fear me doing nothing to me. Right. You better fear me getting you. You know what I mean? Because that's that's how I go go. But in in all this, who gets who and who talks about who? Our kids are just some of them can't take it. You know, what I mean, they're not wired that way. And, and and so they had this level of stress and and it gets in there and they need a way, a creative way to let that go. And you don't want them to let it go by buying a nine millimeter or a Glock or a banana clip and going around here shooting at nobody. You know, which is which is some folks answer to it who grew up in that context. Then another answer to it is another person who just gets out there on Instagram or Snapchat and just talks about everybody and belittles everybody because they can't deal with their own stress in their life. And they feel neglected, so they're going to make sure everybody hurts just like they hurt. You know, and where, no matter how that hurt comes to pass, we need to have creative ways to deal with that because we're not going to get the peace. Because people ask me all the time, they said, Joe, what do you think you do in North Minneapolis to stop the violence? I said, well, really, compared to what I'm used to, it's not really that violent. But no one is going to put their gun down. We can't get nations to put down nuclear warheads. You know what I mean? So ain't nobody put, because once you hear that my gun is down, then everybody going to come at me. But I ain't got no gun no more. You know what I mean? If I get the Fifth Street hula hoolers to put their guns down, then Sixth Street going to come over there and light them up because they, because they ain't there. So it, it, not unless everybody puts the gun down at exactly the same time. You know what I mean? You got to come from a whole nother different way. And, and the way that I'm advocating is that it has to be a spirit-filled, knowledgeable way. And I've been doing urban ministry, oh, for so long. And the reason why I joined Foursquare Church is because Foursquare felt that God was calling them to the urban context. Many people say urban, but nobody likes doing urban because urban is so confusing. You know what I mean? Some people think urban is minorities. Some people think urban is black. Some people think urban is being gangs and teen pregnancies and, and welfare. You know what I mean? But that's not it. Urban is everything. Suburban is pretty categorical in the fact that it says houses starting at $250,000. So you know everybody there can afford that, that amount of money. Urban, you go on one block, it's all Section 8. You go on the next block, it's all homeowners. 
You know what I mean? You know, Urban, from oh, oh, you can stand in my church and walk a mile east direction, and if you go a mile south, you're in Kenwood. I don't need to say nothing else. You go a mile west, you're in Golden Valley. I don't need to say anything else. You go a mile east, you're downtown, right? You go a mile north, you're in a war zone. You know what I mean? So within one mile, you got rich neighborhood, uh, business neighborhood, war zone. You know what I mean? Within one mile. You know what I mean? So how do you come up with a ministry that can effectively reach in that mile context? You know what I mean? Because it, it changes. The demographics change. And and what we have to understand is is that that when 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 we we go to reach these neighborhoods, it has to be by the power of God. Man, the only thing that set me free to stop me from being a serial killer or just a murderer was the fact that the power of God was manifested in my life. And we know your testimony. I'm gonna have Dwight on it one day to give his testimony. It definitely gonna be PG thirteen. Um, I got to check with I got to check with the U.S. attorney so I make sure that I don't go to jail. You know. <laughs> But it took the power of God to change it, right? Not a program, not a system, not a government grant, but it was the prayer and the power of God. And we got to get down there planting them seeds of prayer and get it going. So with all you do, do it with excellence. And if nothing else you remember, remember Kelly McGuire at the Yellow Farm. And take your kids out there and let them have an experience with Jesus. Love you guys. See you next week. Pray for my healing. Amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.